Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Malcolm, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Since then, I've launched the Newcomer Collective, home of this podcast, as well as the New to Canada Academy, the step-by-step online video course that guides you through everything you need to build a new life in Canada that you love. You can learn more at thenewcomercollective.com. Join me on this show as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. This week's guest is M, who is originally from Yorkshire in Northern England. After originally moving to Toronto, as many of us do, in 2016, M realised that Ontario just wasn't for her. And instead, she packed up her life once again and moved by herself to the stunning Vancouver Island in British Columbia. There was one moment when I first moved here and I walked out and I was like, saw how small Victoria was compared to like Toronto where I'd been living for all that time. And I was like, oh my gosh, have I done the right thing? And that was the only time that I was like, oh, oh my gosh, like I actually did it. This is kind of scary and real. But ever since then, it's been, I've loved every, genuinely I have loved every minute. And I think I love it because it just caters to me as like my, my personality. Like I like to have, um all this nature which I think is probably the biggest difference there's just so much around so much green space the mountains and the hills the ocean like we have these like beautiful parks like it's green all year round like it never like we don't get snow and um and so just having that on your doorstep and just like having like a smaller place to be in Victoria you know like it's a very it's a much more manageable city and it's just I don't know it just it for me it feels a lot more like home Together, we chat about what we both miss from the UK, our shared experience of being camp counsellors in the United States, the differences we've noticed when driving in Canada, and she shares all about Vancouver Island life. Let's start the show. This episode is brought to you by Elsa, the English language speech assistant. I absolutely love this app. It's such a cool way to not only learn English, but to also practice and improve your pronunciation so that you can speak English like a native speaker and as a result, feel more confident, which is so key when you're trying to fit in and meet new people here in Canada. So how does it work? The app basically prompts you to read out loud different phrases in English and then its artificial intelligence instantly pinpoints your mistakes and scores you compared to a native speaker. It's literally like having a mini English teacher in your pocket everywhere you go ready to give you real honest feedback. I've hooked you guys up with a free seven-day trial so you can test it out. Then if you decide to become a member, you can also get 85% off on a lifetime membership and 40% off for one year. Check the show notes of this episode for your special links for that. And for your seven-day free trial, you can head to bit.ly forward slash Elsa x the newcomer collective. That's bit.ly forward slash E-L-S-A-X, The Newcomer Collective. Happy learning! 
Hello. Hello. <laughs> Yay. It is so good to have you on the show. How's it going over in beautiful Victoria? Thank you for having me. It is very it's great. Today. today is very hot, actually. We're having some very unseasonal warm weather. Um, like it has been the whole the whole year this year in BC has been a little bit crazy. Um, but we're enjoying a very long summer, like a very extended summer. So it's very nice, I have to say. Yeah. Although I do kind of miss the Ontario fall. I have to, oh, I have I to say, that. I I saw your post the other day where you were saying, you know, you absolutely love all things fall, like autumn. Mm-hmm. It just keeps, you know, being summer over there. Oh, how annoying. I know. And we I were, compl- I know we were complaining all spring because we had a very wet and like dark spring. And we're like, when is summer going to be here? And then once fall hits, we're like, where is fall? We're never happy. <laughs> you know, it's, no. I think it's a British thing too. Like we, we always have to complain about the weather. Yeah, I was going to say that. Look at us Brits talking about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> You're just side-eyeing those sweaters and boots. Just I know. Them. I have so much great autumn stuff. You know, it needs to, it needs to see, it needs to see the light of day. Well, you're lucky over there too. You don't really have like a brutal winter to dread. So you can enjoy fall a bit more. I feel like here it's like fall is beautiful, but then I'm just like, I know what's coming. Oh my doom. gosh. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I feel like the be- the best season in Ontario is definitely the fall, the autumn, but it lasts for such a short period of time. And then it's winter. Yes. Whereas in over here, we don't really have a winter, like not like Ontario winter. It's kind of like we have fall and then it goes into spring and then it's summer again, which is glorious, I have to admit. Um, but the fall isn't as like pretty as Ontario. But it is, it's a lot warmer here, I have to admit. So yeah. I definitely prefer it in that sense. <laughs> it's closer to, yeah, the UK kind of seasons, I guess. Yes. Wet and, yeah. Yeah, we're actually quite lucky in Victoria because I think BC has that kind of, um, people think that it's always like wet and rainy and dark, at least in the winter time, which for a lot of BC it is, like Vancouver gets a lot of rain. But here in Victoria, we're in something called the rain shadow, thanks to the Olympic Mountains. And so we actually don't get that much rain. We get less rain. I think we actually get less rain than Toronto and like New York. It's really weird, but it's kind of an island secret. We're not supposed to tell people. Oh my God. They're going to come for you. I know. We, uh, (laughs) we don't, we don't like to tell people because uh, then it, then people want to come move here and it's already like very expensive to live here. So what the hell? that's like the one thing that stops people moving there. It's like, Oh yeah, but it is kind of wet. So blah, blah, blah. now it's like, okay, so you're telling us it actually is paradise. Okay. It, mm. Yes. I have to admit it is definitely stunning. It's, it's a beautiful place to live. It does rain like there, it, we do have a wet season. Um, but it's, it's not like Vancouver or a lot of BC. We're very lucky here. I'm trying to enjoy it because I know by the time January hits, I'll be like, where is the sunshine? Yeah, you'll be cursing those sweaters then. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, we'll definitely chat about what life is like over on Vancouver Island, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I'm so jealous that you get to live there. Um, but first, let's chat a little bit about our shared roots, the wonderful England. Yay. Lovely England's little piece of home. We were just saying before the call, like I don't get to speak to any Brits ever. So whenever I get them on the podcast, I'm just like, can you just stay forever? I just want to talk to you all day. <laughs> I know. There's such a wonderful familiarity when you hear a British accent, no matter where it's from as well. It's just like, oh, you're from the UK and then you can, you, you know, you automatically have something in common and something to talk about. And it is a really nice thing. I, you know, I think when I was in Ontario, I didn't know that many Brits. Similar to you, like I, I only really knew Canadians. And I think that also comes with having a Canadian partner. Like you're just kind of like completely kind of thrown into Canadian life. 
And so when I came here, I actually met a bunch of, not not loads and loads, but a, a more Brits than I had known in um, Ontario. And it was so nice. And every time, like, you know, when, when you have, like, little things, like, things like the World Cup coming up or, like, when the Jubilee happened, it's really nice to have people to, like, who kind of get it and, like, are in the same boat, you know? It's really nice. Yeah, I just imagine if I had, like, a couple of British friends, it would be like, okay, let's just make a roast dinner this Sunday and we can just all, like, pile around the table. Like, that's what I would want to do. Yeah, <laughs> me and one of my really good friends here um, have, like, a bake-off night now where we go around oh. and we watch the bake-off and, like, make cake and stuff. So, so it's, like, it is it is one of those, like, little pieces of home that is really, really nice, I have to admit. Yeah, 100%. And then you can mix it up. You can have your Canadian friends as well and it's the best of both worlds. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That. Well, talking about accents and familiarity and things I was going to say I challenge anyone not from England listening to this episode to hear the difference in our accents me and Emma's accents because isn't doesn't it drive you crazy that in Northern America it's like a British accent here Mm -hmm. yes I know (laughs) like there's a difference people you know there's like 40 different dialects you know you could drive 10 minutes around the corner and there's a different accent so you're originally from Yorkshire in northern England Mm -hmm. and which is the complete opposite end of the country to me I I grew up in Hertfordshire but I lived in Bournemouth like the south coast for many years so opposite ends (laughs) yes definitely I know it's really funny because it's I've almost like lost my ability to pick up certain British accents now sometimes we're like oh yeah that's a British accent rather than being like oh that's from Yorkshire or that's from London or that's from you know Newcastle so it's it's interesting now how like you hear different accents too and another thing about accents which I found really interesting is when I first moved here people often and you might have had the same thing mistook me for being Australian New Zealand South African sometimes and I was like how does the British accent sound like that but since being here and then listening to all the different accents, I do kind of see the similarities now, which is really funny. But I get Australian a lot, which is quite interesting. I get Australian as the first guess consistently. Yeah, so Every weird. single person's first guess. And, and they say, oh, where are you from? I hear an accent and they're kind of cautious about it. And then I'm always just like, give it a guess. Like, go on, just just give me your best guess and guarantee they'll say Australia first. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's like when we have, because both of us have Canadian boyfriends, it's like, I think we start picking up because I hear that you're saying like here and I say yeah. that too now. And like, I go back home to England and my mom's like here, here. Yeah. Like, and just, I, I start rolling my R's like the Canadians do. And like, you pick up weird things because you're just with your partner all day, every day. So yeah. I think when you mix the two, it kind of does sound Australian sometimes, maybe. Definitely. I think so. And when I went to Australia <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, someone thought I was from America, Oh, my. which I was like, what? And I was with another British person who obviously had like a very strong, strong British accent. Um, and when she guessed where I was from, she was like, mm, America? <laughs> It's like, what? No, <laughs> no, completely. Yeah, it's it's so funny. I think it's great, though. Like, we've lived in so many different countries and, you know, p- traveled different places. So I feel like, yeah, we can just have a beautiful mishmash of twangs and vocab and all I of know. that stuff. <laughs> I always call my accent just like from somewhere over the Atlantic, you know, it's like somewhere in between there. I'm just like a mutt now with my yes, how I sound. 
which I, I kind of like. I think it's cute. Yeah, exactly. It's part of who we are and like all the memories and experiences we've gone through. So Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, tell us all about Yorkshire. I've never been, which is heartbreaking. We were just saying as well, like I'm um, trying to figure out like the most north in England I've ever been. It's a joke, isn't it? When southern English people are like, oh yeah, I went to like somewhere in the middle of the country, like so north. I know. Um but I've never been. So yeah, I just want to personally thank you though for the wonder that is the Yorkshire pudding because that is near and dear to my heart. The best food ever. So you're winning straight out the gate. But um, I mean, yeah, tell us about Yorkshire. What was it like growing up there? Yeah, well, I'm kind of similar to you. Like I think in like Northern people, like we don't often go, we go to London and we're like, okay, that's like as south as most of us have gone. Um, I went to Bath one time for a wedding Beautiful. and that's probably, and then um, Dover to like cross the channel, but that's about nice. it. So don't worry, you're, you're not the only one. I think like the North-South divide is very like, and we're always kind of like <laughs> debating where that divide is too. So uh, yeah. that's quite funny. But Yorkshire is, um, I, it is a beautiful place. And I, I always tell this to people when I am over here, like Canadians or not people from North America or people that have never been to the UK. Um, if people go to the UK, it's generally to London. And I'm like, yeah. London is great, but it's not really the UK. It's kind of its own country in a way. It's very just like out there on its own. And Yorkshire is just very, um, I mean, if you've probably seen pictures of the Yorkshire countryside it is stunning and mm. it's just it's a very kind of like welcoming kind open-hearted place a lot of the time I mean obviously there's different places different places but where I was from I'm from the countryside so I grew up like in the middle of nowhere um around like the Yorkshire Dales and places like that so there's like lots of like you know farms and farm shops and winding country roads and like the Yorkshire stone walls and lots of like mm. I grew up going to like country fairs like the great Yorkshire show and like riding horses and all that kind of like stereotypical Yorkshire stuff um I have perfected the Yorkshire pudding I have to you know that's one of my one of my Aww. like life achievements was doing that so uh, yeah and I have tried Yorkshire puddings over here and they are very different um yeah. and so I have had to educate people on how to create a Yorkshire pudding um yeah it's it's great I do I do love Yorkshire and there's so many different parts of it too so I was born in South Yorkshire um, which is why I don't have like the typical Yorkshire accent I think when people hear the Yorkshire think of the Yorkshire accent they're like you know hey up hey up love yeah that kind of thing um <laughs> which is kind of more kind of West Yorkshire which is where I moved to so I do have little bits of that um but yeah the, the differences between the South and the West and the North are kind of like really cool because they do kind of feel like different well, they are, I guess they are different counties, but Yorkshire as a whole, I think it's the biggest county in... Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. So if you've never been, you have to go. Next time you go home, you'll have to visit. Yeah, I think, you know, when you think of like an English countryside, it really is the rolling green hills of Yorkshire and you've got the beautiful coastal towns as well. Were you yes. near the coast? or? Um, I feel like wherever you are in the UK, you're kind of near the coast. Yeah, you know, totally I right. wasn't yeah, like right. near like Whitby or Scarborough or anything, but I visited there quite often. Um, and so, you know, it's like an hour or so away, but I found that I would go, well, sometimes like Whit Whitby is like North Yorkshire. Um, I think I'm really bad with geography, but I'm pretty sure it's North Yorkshire. But I also often went to like Blackpool, which is like, it's, it's a love hate kind of place for Blackpool for most people, but I loved it. Lots of hens and stag dudes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so have you ever been? No, I haven't. Oh, I really love it just because it's just so unapologetically itself. 
Um, and you have like the Pleasure Beach, which is like the old like, theme. Well, it's not old. It's it, well, it is old. There, there's some like wooden roller coasters still there, but there are like newer ones too. Um, but yeah, it's just so fun. And those are the kind of things like the seaside towns. I think I really, really miss about England. You know, like know. and the arcades, like the Penny Pushers, and like the little yes, like, all that kind of stuff. You know, we don't really get that in Canada. So yeah. No. Yeah, see, I lived in Bournemouth for, you know, seven years or so. So, yeah, that was, that's probably one of the most beautiful beaches in, in the country. It is. I mean, it's Sandbanks, part of Bournemouth is. But, yeah, it's the, the, the big pier there is so amazing. And you're so right at the arcades and, you know, you've got all of these, yeah, cool things to do along the coast. I took all of my Canadian friends and family there for the wedding this summer. So that was amazing <gasps> yeah. to, like, show that off. And they, their mind was blown. They, you know, were like, this is England. Like we had our rehearsal dinner and it was like the big cliffs, the white cliffs and the ocean. Oh. And I can't believe this is England. I was like, see, like I told you the stereotypes are just sometimes not, you know, not true. So yeah, it was great to show it up. I know. Well, a lot of people think of, I think of England and they as I say they think of London, right? You know, they think of London and the Royal Family and all that kind of stuff. But there's just so much that England has to offer, like North, South, everywhere. You know, if you go like, up north to like Cumbria and there's Newcastle and Durham and that's it and it's so small you can just hop in a car and just go somewhere cool for like a weekend that's what I miss yeah like here it's so spread out like I would love to just hop over to Vancouver Island it's like oh no that's like an it's like flying to England it's the same distance (laughs) it is I know it's kind of yeah it's kind of crazy like that I think I never appreciated how much there is to do in England until I left um, you know, like when you grow up with it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is just normal, right? You like drive for an hour and you're in a totally different place or like you drive an hour and you're at the seaside or whatever. Whereas in Canada, it's like, oh, some people drive an hour to the grocery <laughs> store. Like, the, and we're just like, when I tell people back home, they're like, what? Why would you do that? Because like five minutes in the car is a long way. Usually you can just yeah. walk there, right? So, yeah, I definitely appreciate that so much more. And also like silly things like, the trains in the UK, you know, like being able to get anywhere without having a car. That's yeah. like such a big culture difference, right? You need to have a car in Canada. Otherwise, you know, you would struggle um, unless you're in like Toronto and you only ever stay there. Whereas in the UK, you can get pretty much anywhere purely by public transport. Yeah, I never had a car. I never drove in England at all. And, and then I moved no. to Canada and I was like, OK, luckily I did my license when I was 17 in the UK. Never used it, but I had that, thank God. But yeah, it's um, definitely a necessity here for sure. The the trains are so expensive in the UK, but you get what it's worth because, yeah, they're so on time, like regular, like to everywhere connected. Yeah, definitely. So do you drive, you drive in Canada now? Oh, yeah. I've driven. I don't think I could drive in England. I'm actually quite scared. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like the opposite. Really? Mm-hmm. I drove a lot in England, but I hardly ever drive in Canada. Oh my god, it's so easy here. The roads are like double the width, so you just feel so safe on in the lanes. Like in England, it's like there's cars parked in one half of the road, so then you're like pulling in and letting someone go, and it's so tight, and you're like, oh, someone's gonna hit me, and then you got all these roundabouts, and it's just more intense. Here, it's like do do do. You get a red light, you get a green light. 
I never thought of it like that actually I think just because I was always used to that and I always drove a small car in the UK and so and because I was I guess from like the countryside I was very used to those like small winding country roads so when I came here and everything was big and I was in Toronto as well right so I was like I want to drive in a big city and there's like all these like massive cars like giant highways and like you know I I drove on a uh, lunch drive on a manual car and then it was like automatic and something about that even though it's easier for some reason I was like oh no I'm not sure about this I love that you just said that because I said that to Isaac when I first moved here I was like oh god it's an automatic like that's I I can't drive that he's like it's easier like what is wrong with you I was like it's just weird like I don't know how to do it I know but now I I don't know if I could drive manual now oh my gosh I'd be a danger yeah it's been a while (laughs) I mean I have driven here and I have driven the automatic I totally get it it's definitely easier but it's definitely a learning curve and I think like learning all of the road signs as well and like what different things mean and like I kind of miss roundabouts a little bit but I also get like you know, the four-way crossings are also a lot easier to understand. Um, but it is definitely a learning curve. I definitely don't feel as confident in Canada, and I definitely don't drive as much. But, I, yeah, I'd be interested to know how I would be in the UK because I haven't driven in the UK for a few years now either. So maybe I maybe I, I do drive better in Canada. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. No, I when Isaac was over for the wedding, I made him drive everywhere in the UK, so that's hilarious. But um, I was trying to explain to him that you can't, overtake the wrong what undertake we call it in the UK you know where people people can just pass on either side of wherever in the Canada there's just no rules of the highway people are just like I'm gonna pass you from the side I'm gonna whiz in front of you from from the left from the right you're just like ah Um, but in England there's such a rule of you know you have to just the flow of traffic and stuff so I was trying to explain to him like you can't pass this guy unless you move over he was like what yeah so yeah it's definitely more regulated in the UK too like on the on the motorways you know you have all the cameras now like the smart motorways and stuff everywhere I was trying to explain that to my my boyfriend and I'm like you can't like undertake you can't like stay in the middle lane for too long like you you know your your speed is regulated so you you can't actually speed at all and he's just like what this is crazy you know whereas in Canada it's a lot more chill yeah I told my father-in-law that you know you are gonna get in trouble because there's cameras everywhere and this guy I just knew he would get a ticket I just knew it and he did in London he just was like oh I'm just gonna like pop into this store really quickly and he just like pulled his car over ran into the store and then just drove off and like obviously he didn't pay for the parking and he got a ticket and he's like oh my god it actually did get me I was like I told you the cameras are like brutal brutal for sure yeah it's a lot more (laughs) laid back in Canada I think with that and especially like on the island now I'm not probably not so much in Toronto I mean if you get caught by someone because it's they're usually not cameras right they're like police officers who are scouting the area or parking offices and stuff whereas uh yeah, yeah over here it's not as bad but in the UK it's all cameras so you cannot you've got to be very on it you know yeah yeah now, now you've scared me for driving in the UK I was like <laughs> there's more rule breakers in Canada because yeah there's there's no cameras really not where I am anyway um you'd have to be just really unlucky like you said to have an actual policeman on duty that like gets you in live time so I feel like that combined with automatic cars it just there's just people that are just nuts over here like you hear it all the time when you go on like Facebook groups all the Brits that have moved here are just like people are crazy over here like they're so crazy like they just drive like absolute nut bars the drivers um, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> are different yeah totally and it's interesting like because I was asking my friends about like how like how does the driving schools work like what do you do because like in the UK it's so easy right you get your license at 17 you can just immediately start driving with someone who has a license and who was over I think it was like 21 or something whereas here you have to like 
take your test. Then you have to take another like a physical test and then you have to like drive for a little bit more and then you have to take another test. And I was like, if I had to take mm. two road tests, I would have really struggled. Like that, oh, the one road test in the UK I found was really difficult. I think it's like notoriously difficult in the UK, but you would think that people would be better drivers here. And like in Toronto, which is where I had lived for like three and a half years, like they're so ruthless. You know, if you don't do something straight away, oh, yeah. it's like beeping, like they're like cutting in front of you. Like, oh man. You have so... to, yeah. You're not going to go anywhere unless you like pull out and do yeah. an illegal maneuver to like get yourself in right? the right lane. You're like, no, me, like let me through. Like, it's I know, just, yeah. it's a different world. And you have like all the streetcars and like cyclists and oh my gosh, it was too much for me. I was like, no, Mike, you can drive the entire time that we live in Toronto or you know <laughs> public transport right it was so great there yes it's so good in Toronto I don't know why people drive there I honestly know. like I drive there because I'm driving in from far away but if I live downtown yeah that makes no sense to me that you can get everywhere the subway's pretty good so yeah yeah so you have no idea about this, but our stories of moving to Canada are so similar. Em, you will not believe it. You sent me those pre-interview questions and I was reading them through and I was like, is this for real? Like she is, this is a joke. Like, no way. <laughs> so yeah, get this. There's, there's multiple parts to it. But the first part is that I also have family in Australia. So mm-hmm. I always had that in the back of my mind, right? Like I want to travel. I'm going to go see them. I'm going to see the world. You know, there's that kind of thought for both of us about we're going to live in a different country it kind of stemmed mm-hmm. from that from having our family there so that was really cool no, so where in Australia are your family from um I have some family in Brisbane and Adelaide nice mine are in Melbourne <gasps> nice yes. I've never been there but that's my on my next place to go have you visited Adelaide and- not Adelaide yes I've been to Brisbane and Perth and Byron Bay so that's yeah I got there just at 20 start of 2020 just before the virus that shall not be named hit. I was very lucky. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'd love to go to Melbourne. Melbourne and Sydney are the next two on my list. Yeah, those are the ones that are just, the weather isn't as good. So I feel like when we when, when I was in Queensland, it was like, this is just so hot all year round and it's so nice. And then we went to Melbourne in their winter and it actually was so cold really? and we were wearing coats. And I was like, what? Is this Australia? No like, way. I'm so confused. Yeah. yeah. It was damp and cold. Oh, yeah. So, Brit- yeah. Like just near Brisbane, which is where my family were, it was beautiful. I mean, it was a very, I went in January, so it was like the middle of the summer. So it was very hot. Um, but like Byron Bay, oh my gosh, I could totally live there. It's such a night. Oh, such a good vibe. Such a beautiful place. I loved it there so much. Yeah. So yeah, it is really cool having family in, you know, such a different place in the world. And then you're thinking, right, okay, that's an easy in. I'm going to go travel and see them mm. for sure. And then the next thing. So this is crazy. I was also a camp counselor in the States in 2012, no less. No way. Oh my gosh, that's so (laughs) fun. Where did you go? I was a camp counselor um, at a camp called Camp Taconic in Massachusetts. Nice, Massachusetts. I was... 2012. Yeah, it's like the Olympic (laughs) year too, right? So we missed like the Olympics in our home in our home country. Did you do an Olympic themed thing though? Because I remember we did. Like all the kids were like different countries, and we did all the sports and everything. Yeah, we did that. It was so fun. Yeah, I was at a camp called Camp Algonquin in Northern Michigan. And, Algonquin. Uh, yeah, right, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it was it's really cool because northern Michigan has such similar it's like very similar to Ontario because it's like just across the uh, across the lake, right? So, mm, um, so yeah, that's really funny. But yeah, it was such a great experience. I loved it. And that was like 
when I really fell in love with North America and I was like this place is cool like it's just like mind-blowing right it's such a cool way to experience living in a different country by yourself because it's kind of sheltered you have your accommodation and your food and you're you're earning money it's just like you're meeting people very easily so it's a good way to ease yourself in I feel like a lot of Brits do that um yeah and I did it as part of my university it was really funny I like got to be able to do it as part of my internship that I needed to do or something it was crazy but yeah that's so funny did you teach anything specific I was the silver jewelry counselor wow I have no sports talents (laughs) I am the most uncoordinated I don't play any sports I'm so not fit or talented in any way in the sports world so I was like I went to this I think it was a trade show of like all the different camps in London and um I was just going around being like, I will like learn any skill that you need me to teach other than sports. Like if you need anything else. And then there was that, the, the camp was like, well, we need someone to teach silver jewelry. And I was like, I'll take a course. So I ended up taking a course and we were like welding metal into rings and stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. What did you do? I was, uh, I taught horse riding. Oh, see, so that's cool. I, it was cool. Yeah. I also have no sports talents. So it was either horse riding or drama for me. Um, and mm. so the horse riding, getting horse riding instructors is kind of a little bit more difficult. So I didn't have any like horse riding, like instructor experience, but I've been riding for a long time. Um, and so I was like, I can totally do this. This is going to be great. And so I went over like, and being from England, I learned this two, I don't know if you're familiar with like horse riding styles, but there's like two major ones. There's like the English style and the Western style. And so being from England, like most people learn on the English style, which is like the smaller saddle, like when they do like show jumping and, that kind of has like the tight bridle and stuff and all the tight reins. And so when I got over there, they were like, oh, you're going to be teaching Western, which is a completely different style of riding. Like you have to like the way that you like, like the saddle is different and the way that you like control the horse is different, the way that you tell it what to do. And so I had to, I got there like two weeks before the kids came and I had to teach myself how to ride Western, <laughs> which luckily it's funny because funny because like I say like riding English is kind of like riding a manual car, driving a manual car not like a horse is like driving a car, but like it's the same kind of thing. Like there's, there's a lot more to it. Whereas Western is more like automatic. It's a lot easier to learn. So I was very lucky that it wasn't the other way around. But yeah, it was funny. It was a great experience all the same though. I loved it so much. And I was like, I would always say to anyone, like if you had the opportunity to do it, like it's the most exhausting experience ever, right? But it's so worth so exhausting. It. It's amazing. I had the 15 year olds as well. It was like the last summer that they were kids at the camp. So they they were just brutal. They were like pranking everyone. They would like leave the the bunkie in the middle of the night and like TP everything. Oh like they God. were just absolute nightmares because it was their last summer. So they were just apps just taking the absolute they were piss. Like, whatever. Oh my God. It was absolutely exhausting. But I got a trip to California out of it because it was like their final shebang. And as part of like their final summer, they got to go to California. So I got like a whole paid trip around California, which oh was stressful because I was looking after the kids, but I got to yeah tour around a bit so that was good (laughs) that is so cool that's amazing that's that's a pretty pretty great perk yeah I never got a trip to California but we did a couple of like camp outs and stuff and I remember one night we did a camp out and like when you're up there in like you know camp land like you're very disconnected from the world right you're like you don't really have like any news coming in you don't really know what's happening and we went on, on a camp out one night and 
I had never seen the sky like with such little light pollution. So like, you know, you can see like, all of these like stars, like it's just insane when the first time you ever experienced that. Um, and one night we were sat there and I was looking up and there was like all of these like weird, like streaking, like, oh, like streaking lights across the sky. And I'd never seen anything like it. And I was like, oh my gosh, aliens have come to get us. Like, this was me. <laughs> I was like 20 years old, like freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Um, and then I found out it was a meteor shower the next day, which is amazing. And like, I totally appreciated it afterwards. But at the moment, I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Um, but yeah, it was a meteor shower. <laughs> I'm going to die really in cool. Michigan. Yeah. That's really so cool. yeah, these these funny little memories that we have those those times when we were just like alone in another continent, like so funny i know and to think like that wasn't a that that wasn't an easy process to get that work permit i remember being so stressed like i had to have like an interview in london and like the u.s embassy and get this whole thing in my passport it's like a temporary work permit thing for the states like it was intense and to do that when you're like 20 years old it just kind of gets you into the practice of it and now look where we're at where we were at so i always compare my experience um of like getting my canadian visas to that one and i still find that getting it's the j1 visa i think um for the states that was way more stressful because like you had to go to the embassy and like have like a real life interview you weren't allowed to bring in like phones or anything at all you only had yourself like you had to go for this interview there's like guys with like guns outside like 20 years yeah. old you're like oh my gosh what is happening and you go and you like hand your passport over and then you're just like uh okay and then it ships oh, back in like a few weeks with like an actual proper like visa in it right whereas in Canada where I worked in holiday visa for like two years it was just like you just apply online and then you're good to go and I was just like I was I remember waiting like is there something else I, am I missing something here but no it was like that was that was a lot easier permanent residency was a different yeah. story but um yeah yeah that's the worst part of that if you're if your aim is to be a citizen in Canada like I always say you know the permanent residency is the hardest once you've done that like the citizenship and whatever is is fine like you've done the hardest part with the PR oh my gosh mm-hmm. so if you're struggling it's fine like it's the worst part you're not going crazy Definitely. but um yeah that's so funny so you said when you when you went to Michigan then you fell in love with North America it was so beautiful like what an adventure so was it just the ease of immigration that made you end up choosing Canada then over the states um yeah I mean yeah I did I was never super interested in living in the states but I really liked like North America and you know the states their visa um process is a lot more insane than Canada just you know it's kind of similar to the UK like it's very kind of it's a lot more difficult um and Canada and the UK same as like Australia and the UK as you know have like agreements where you can get um, working holiday visas so much more easier um but like Canada was never like I'd never I didn't have like a dream when I was younger to be like yes I'm gonna go to Canada and even after like when I was camp counseling I was never like yes Canada is where I want to go um it was more just a case of like I wanted to move away from the UK I was like I just felt like it was my time to go I always knew I was going to go live in a different country and so really it was between Australia New Zealand and Canada and I chose Canada purely based on the ease of working holiday permit and so um it's done by a, a pool system as you know and I was like do you know what I'm just gonna throw my name into the pool and if I get pulled I'll take it as a sign from the universe that I should go um and it was like a week later I got pulled in like the first round for that year and I was like well looks like I'm going <laughs> so that was really like 
but the super, you know, intense thought process that I had to come to Canada, it was it was not very intense at all. It was very impulsive. Yeah, I remember it being so easy as well, like that that whole process. You think it's going to be so stressful, like you're worried you're not going to get picked for ages. And for me, I had kind of a timeline where we wanted to move back and I needed to work when I got there. I'm moving with my boyfriend of now husband like and he was joining his life and like I needed to get it going but then yeah I remember it just being granted and I was like oh that was so good like we're so privileged like look at us Brits just being like oh it's so easy it's like there's so many people that are so hard so we I definitely acknowledge how privileged we are that we have those agreements between our countries because yeah that international experience Canada visa is a godsend like such an easy pathway to start your process and yeah definitely it's it was definitely so so true and I remember being in like a Facebook group when I was doing that people were waiting to be pulled and they were on a similar timeline and you know it really is look of the draw right you might you just might not get pulled it depends on how many people apply in that year and I remember people just being devastated not being able to be to go because if you're not pulled from the list like there's nothing that else that you can do so that is definitely a scary thing. I mean, for me, I wasn't on a timeline. I was just very like, yeah, whatever. So I was very, very lucky. Um, definitely very, very, very privileged to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm so grateful that it happened because I have no idea what would have happened if if that didn't didn't occur. So yeah, you might be in like Adelaide or something right now. I know, I? so far away though. <laughs> That's the only thing. I'm like, there's so many times yeah. where I'm like, I'm so glad that it was Canada because. Australia is so far away like it's far but like it's so so far like I have a few friends who live there now and uh the whole trip to come back home is just it's so intense and there's been numerous times where I've lived in Canada where I've had to go home at very short notice and in those moments it's like I'm so glad that I can just like hop on a plane I mean especially when I was in Toronto it's like six hours right it's it's really not that long Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I always think about, you know, I'd love to live on the West Coast. And even that I keep thinking like, oh, that's so far from from the UK. Like, I do love where I am because, yeah, like you're in the air for like seven hours, eight hours, you know, and then you're home. Yeah. I mean, what what is it from that whole process from where you are? You'd have to like go to Vancouver, I guess. And then. Yeah, that's that is the most difficult part about being on the island is that there's always at least two flights to get anywhere um because I'm either so when I I went back home um last Christmas which was probably one of the worst times to travel um but I I just had to go home and uh, it took it was three flights Victoria to Vancouver Vancouver to London London to Manchester and it was I think the travel time was like 18 hours like from airport to airport so the flight was it's like a like from Vancouver to Victoria it's like 10 minutes in the air or something super quick on one of those like little tiny propeller planes and then <laughs> Vancouver to London I think it was nine ten hours oh, wow. um and then London to Manchester is like half an hour so it's just that that flight in the middle it's, I don't think it's as long as people think it's going to be um and I always yeah. find that for me I actually find that long haul flights are better I find that the six hour ones are kind of like they're not long enough to like settle in, but they're not short enough where you're like, oh yeah, this is super quick. So you're like always checking your time and then like, or if it's like a, you know, the, the, um, the overnight ones, you can't really get like good sleeping because like you're trying oh, to sleep and then like, they're like, everyone's coming around again. And yeah. So I actually personally prefer the longer haul flights in a weird way. Um, but it, it does take a lot. It's a lot more like effort to get home and like, 
you know, the time difference is a lot different. So it's eight hours to home, which is probably one of the worst time differences. Like I think the Toronto time difference was a lot easier. Um, whereas like eight hours, you're always kind of like, it's, it's kind of hard to like, each other. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, usually like when they're away, going to sleep and the opposite way around. So yeah, the eight hour time, I think that's the worst part of it rather than like the traveling time. It's the, the time difference for sure. Mm, yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, I can imagine those, even those extra three hours, that makes a big difference because I always catch my mum and dad in the evenings. So yeah, you're missing that extra three hours. They're in bed yeah, already. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that sucks. I know. Weekends only, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like you can, if you if you do it kind of like this time of the day, it's kind of like their evening. So, but it's always like, yeah. it's, it can be very inconvenient, unfortunately. But you know, you always make time and like, Thank goodness for like Skype, not Skype, I don't use Skype, Zoom and like FaceTime and like all those kind of places because those things, because it just makes you feel so much closer even when you're far away. Um, And so like, you know, on the big holidays, like Christmas time, I'll like plug my laptop into my TV and like we'll have like a group, like a FaceTime call or whatever. And like, it's really nice because it kind of feels like everyone's together, even though they're not. So I feel so grateful. I don't know what people did like how people coped before this and like even like you know with 2020 like all this kind of technology got so much even better and so it does it's so much easier to keep in touch now and there's a lot of times like I don't feel as far away because you know with like this kind of stuff it, it does make you feel a little bit close to home so very grateful for that. Yeah, like you think about FaceTime when was that even released that's quite new still really like FaceTime that's just made such a difference. Like even just talking to someone on the phone, like that just wouldn't be the same. No. Just like seeing them and yeah, that's it's well, crazy. Yeah. And things like I remember when I was growing up and my uncle lived in Australia in Adelaide and my grandma would phone him and um, it would be like so expensive to call. Right. Because like there was no such thing as like phoning over the internet which is what we all do now so like you were like paying like loads so you'd be like only on the phone for a few minutes or like you could only phone at certain times super delayed you're like hey and then it's like silent yeah right hey how are you like you're talking over each other and so like you wouldn't even like that whole thing about like not even be able to call people because it's like too expensive or like you can only call at certain times because like the cheaper you know when you everyone had like their phone their home phone lines and stuff so I do feel like in the last like 10, like less than 10 years, like we got really, I think this is a really great time for us because I think I would have struggled a lot more if uh, if I'd have been in that kind of situation. Yeah, because you came alone as well. You hadn't met your, your now boyfriend, at, at obviously, but then you, did you meet him in Toronto? So I actually did meet him beforehand. This is the funniest, here's, oh. here's the story. I don't know if I added this to the to the questions beforehand. Um, but so I originally planned to come to Canada alone. It was a complete like, you know, I'm going to go alone. And when I decided to go, it was between Toronto and Vancouver. And I was like, when I got my visa, I was like, I'm going to Vancouver because I don't want to be in Toronto. I don't want like that kind of weather. And so when I finally got my visa granted, I booked a one way ticket to Vancouver. And between that time and moving to Canada, I met my boyfriend, who's my current boyfriend now. Um, and he was from Canada. And it was really weird because I was in Leeds, uh, and like that's in the north of England. I'd never met a Canadian. Oh, no, I'd met one Canadian before when I was camp counseling. And I was out one night with my friends um, and we met these two people and they were from Canada. And I was like, 
was like, that is so weird. I've never met. I was like, one, what are you doing in Leeds? And two, literally, like, I was saying that. I was just, right. I was like, that, and they were, t- they were both teachers. Um, and so there's like, again, things that you don't even realize. There's all of these programs for, I think it's like Canadians and Australians to come to the UK to teach. Um, and so they have like visas or like they use like the working holiday visa to do that. And so they were teaching and I was like, it's so weird. And like, you know, we got chatting because like I was moving to Canada and I was like, oh, you know, where are you from? He's like, oh, just near Toronto. And I was like, I'm going to Vancouver. And so like he was telling me like all the places that I should go visit. And um, I guess we just never stopped talking. And um, one thing led to the other and he was like, you should move to Toronto. And I was like, dude like I've known you for like three months like I don't, I'm not gonna change where I'm living for you and then I did um and I never actually went to Vancouver changed my flight to this is all in the period of about like eight months or something so again very impulsive like I was young immature and I was like I didn't really care you know I was like yeah this, this sounds fun yeah whatever you can live there for a bit nothing's right? permanent you can go to Vancouver eventually like whatever exactly yeah. and I was like if, if it doesn't work out like I'll just go to Vancouver like no big deal um and so yeah we ended up being in Toronto and I was like okay I'll, I'll come to Toronto but I but eventually like we have to move to the west coast like that's where I really want to be like I will come but as long as we eventually move out there and so yeah that's why I ended up in Toronto and that's how we kind of like continued so yeah um we stayed we were in we stayed at his parents house for like a couple of months and we were like getting on our feet um and they were just outside of Toronto and then we moved to Toronto it was January 2017, I think it would be. Yeah, January 2017. See, I moved I moved in January 2017. Like, do we have the same life? I'm just confused. That's so weird. <laughs> I know. What is happening? And yeah, and so like after that, I was like, well, you know, it was like a few years went by and I was like, okay, like this weather is intense. Like, I don't like this winter anymore. Like, when are we going to move? When, like, let's get the ball moving um, to move to the West Coast. And I got offered a job in early 2020 before all of the pandemic stuff hit. Um, And I was like, sweet, this is the time to go. And literally like the day that I was like, I confirmed everything with my new job was like the day everything shut down. And I was like, this is like the worst time to move across Uh... the country. But I was like, do you know what? It's fine. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like a very anxious person, but for some reason in these like big life changing moments, I'm like, it's going to be fine. You know, whatever. And so, yeah, then I, I moved to the West Coast of Victoria in 20, April 2020. Worst time to move ever. But it was like a very <laughs> intensely intense but interesting, like, experience. One I don't really want to uh, ever do again. But it was, I guess it was, it was an interesting story to tell. Um, but, yeah, so I was here on my own for, like, four months then because, like, Mike was still teaching and he was teaching in Ontario. So, I like experienced life on my truly on my own in a in a, a province that I'd never lived in before and like and in, in a place that I'd never been before. So yeah, strange strange story. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Wow, I always like pride myself on like our story being really cool, but yours is like equally up there. Like to meet a Canadian in Leeds and then you know be together living in Victoria six years later. Or oh, your story is really cool too. You met like while you're traveling, right? We did, yeah, in Thailand. So. Oh. Fun. Yeah. See, that's cool. I yeah. love that. But I love that you moved to Victoria during the pandemic. I love that because <laughs> so many people 
they, you know, that happened a lot for people. They were stuck in the city and it's locked down and you, you, you know, that's a horrible place to be stuck. You're in this tiny little condo, like not being able to do anything. There's no green space or nature really. Like, I mean, Toronto is pretty good. Like there's parks and you've got the lake and everything there. So it's, it's not that bad, but to move to Victoria, that is like, at least you could like go on these beautiful walks oh, yeah. and really, you know, stretch your legs that way. I felt so, <laughs> trying to think of the silver yeah, lining. <laughs> I felt so bad for everyone in, you know, Ontario and Toronto because I think I would have really, really struggled. But I think moving over here, that was truly one of the benefits was like, I almost had a bit of a distraction from it all. Um, and so even though I was like on my own for a while, it was like, I had all these new places to go and we didn't really have like lockdowns like they did back in, like you did back in Ontario. So it was like, you know, it was very, very quiet here. And we have like, you know, we have like the ocean and like the view of the Olympic mountains and we have like the parks and just like, it's such a, a world away from my whole life in Toronto, like the big bustling city to like this very, very laid back, relaxed, like beautiful place. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a very weird experience, but, um, I am glad in so many ways that I did it and like I wasn't like afraid to do it from everything because I could have easily just been like do you know what this is too much I'm just gonna stay um but I'm not really that kind of person I'm like nope let's keep going forward um and so yeah, yeah. it was it was a very interesting experience and now now Victoria's kind of like back to normal and we have like the cruise ships coming in and so much tourism so it's it's definitely very different now so I'm kind of like really glad that I got to see it in that time when there wasn't really anybody around so yeah just get to know all the locals as well and like, I'm sure the community felt really close that's so yes nice. so you I love that because you had that in your head for ages like I'm gonna go to the west coast I'm gonna move to the west coast like I'm definitely gonna end up in the west coast so to like actually see that through and do it you know you could easily like you said have just found Toronto and been like yeah whatever like we'll stay here so that's so nice what did it live up to the expectations that that you expected I mean obviously you built it up on a pedestal and it's so beautiful and you think this is going to be the best life was there any struggles when when you first moved there or I guess what are the biggest differences is is the question between Victoria and Toronto yeah I mean that's a funny question because like I feel like whenever you build anything on a pedestal whenever you have like these big expectations like so often they do not live up to this and so I always like had this vision of BC in my head like I always like saw pictures of like Vancouver and Vancouver really was the place that I wanted to go um and so we decided to again these like crazy like fate moments that happen I entered a competition with like Air Canada um for like these I can't remember what it was they had like this pop-up in um the I can't remember what the name of the shopping center is in Toronto anymore I'm so out of it Eaton Center (laughs) Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll just like randomly enter this competition. And I won. And I won these like two, a pair of tickets to like anywhere that Air, I think it's Air Canada Rouge flew. And like one of those places was Vancouver. And I was like, sweet. So we got like nice. three tickets to go to Vancouver. And I was like, this is going to be the place that this is the time that we're visiting BC for the first time. And I'm like, I'm going to see like how I feel about it and like what that was. And weirdly enough, um, that there was a layover in Victoria, which is very unusual because like Toronto to Vancouver is like usually the flight, right? Like if you're trying to get to the island, usually you go Toronto, Vancouver, Victoria. There are some direct flights. And it just so happened that the day that we were going to fly, um, the layover was in Victoria. And I was like, Victoria, what, where is this? Like Vancouver Island. So like what? I've never even, I think I had heard of it, but it never really crossed my mind. And so we had this layover in Victoria and the airport have you have you been to the airport in victoria 
No, I haven't. No. So the airport is it has this like beautiful like glass atrium and it's all like greenery, like outside. You can see like all this like these rolling hills and like we walked off the plane and like in the airport there's like trees in the airport. And I was like, this is like the most beautiful airport I've ever seen in my life. Like this is so beautiful. And I guess that just planted the seed of Victoria. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but anyway, we ended up going on to Vancouver and like we went up to um, like the Sunshine, not the Sunshine Coast, Sea to Sky and then up to Whistler. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this place is unreal. I was like, how yeah. how doesn't ev- like why don't everyone in Canada live here? Like it was just it was yeah. so beautiful. And obviously visiting and living were two different, were very different things. And so when I came to Victoria, I'd never been to Victoria other than the airport and there was one moment when I first moved here and I walked out and I was like saw how small Victoria was compared to like Toronto where I'd been living for all that time and I was like oh my gosh have I done the right thing and that was the only time that I was like oh oh my gosh like I actually did it this is kind of scary and real but ever since then it's been I've loved every genuinely I have loved every minute and I think I love it because it just caters to me as like my my personality like I like to have um, all this nature, which I think is probably the biggest difference. There's just so much around, so much green space. Um, I think like probably where you are, you'd get more green space. But in Toronto, like you're very limited. You have like, the par- a few parks and stuff, but that's really it. And it's not, you know, coming from the UK where we have like a lot of beautiful like national par- uh, parks and stuff like and like Yorkshire, especially that like, there's always so much green stuff, uh, green space. But in Toronto, it was like very flat and like not really green whereas here there's like the mountains and the hills and the ocean like we have these like beautiful parks like it's green all year round like it never like we don't get snow and so it's always like we have like the dry season oh. and then just like it's green like right now like after fall hits um it'll just be like so green as soon as like it gets a little bit rainy um and so just having that on your doorstep and just like having like a smaller place to be in Victoria you know like it's a very it's a much more manageable city and for me, again, like community, like I have met so weirdly because it's, it's a smaller place. You wouldn't think you'd meet as many people, but I've met so many more people here than I ever did in Toronto, like on my own um, and like have built so much more of a community. It feels so much more like home here because like I see the same people all the time and like it's just I don't know. It just it, for me, it feels a lot more like home and especially the island Victoria, like when you fly in. You see like all of the, like the green fields and stuff. It just it really reminds you of the UK. And so for me, like it, it kind of like the best of both worlds. It feels a bit like in the middle of Canada and England in a, in a weird kind of way. It is magic. It's it's got a magic in the air over there for sure. Like you just feel like the air is so clean, and your eyes just can't believe what the beauty that you're seeing. Yeah. And it's just yeah, it's it's weird. It's definitely magical there. And like you said about the city, that's so interesting. Like you, there's so many people in Toronto, but you know more people in a smaller place because I think, yeah, like a big city like that, especially Toronto, you hear it all the time. That's, it is quite clicky. Like people have their groups and then that's it. Like you can't, you can't get in that group if you even try. So it's a lot of people find it really hard to build meaningful connections in the big city like that. I hear that a lot about Toronto. It's um, it's funny because in Toronto as well, you get a lot, if you meet people, like I think as an expat or an immigrant, like when you come to a new place, like you often meet other people that have moved here. um, And so you have that in common. But generally when you meet people like that, 
they often leave, right? There's just they're just passing through. If they're on like a working holiday visa, like you'll know them for a couple of years and then they'll go. Um and so or like especially with us with like Canadian partners, like you kind of just get thrown into like like their social circles and their friend groups. And so like you never it's yeah. kind of harder, I feel like, to make you say like meaningful friendships there. Um whereas in Victoria Although it can also be clicky with like the locals, there are so many people that move here, especially like from Ontario. Um, and so I don't know. I just feel like for me, it's been a lot easier to like make meaningful connections with people. And also, I think after the pandemic, I started to like push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit with that and like went to, like more classes and started doing things that I really love and like have met people that way. Um, and also social media. I've met a bunch of people online which I never thought that I you know would do but especially like doing what I do like people like see my stuff and they're like oh we're moving to the island and so you kind of like get talking to people and you meet people that way and yeah it's it's a very it's a very different feel yeah I love that I love social media for that I've met so many amazing people too and too and yeah let's talk about that because I absolutely love what you do. I want to share it with everyone listening. Em oh, has grown. Yeah. She's exploded is the word. Like, <laughs> I remember when we we were both following each other on Instagram. We had, like, 300 followers each, I feel like. Mm-hmm, and you, just, you started doing reels with your voiceover and your inspiring, like, the way you write is so inspiring for immigrants, for oh, expats. Man. You touch the heart of what we go through and the emotions behind moving to a new country. And it's just obviously resonated with thousands of people and yeah I love 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 your creative videos and and how you you help the community so yeah congrats on all that so yeah how can people go and check you out yeah so I um I do well it kind of the whole social media thing like as you were saying like we we kind of started like when we were like at the 300 follower mark and we were just like (laughs) posting pictures and stuff Um, yeah And I didn't really know what I was doing. And then, um, again, like 2020 hit and I was like, Oh, I, I kind of want to do something more. And so, especially with moving again, um, I started doing YouTube. So I was doing like videos for like expats and immigrants and like how to move to Canada or like my own experiences and like just like blogs and stuff about like life, life in Canada. And people seem to like that. And so I was like, Oh, I should probably maybe do some like short form videos. Um, and I was really inspired by other people and like, you know, I, uh, like, you know, people who have done like voiceovers and stuff like inspirational stuff. I'm not like, let's do like all of this inspirational stuff, but I just felt like there wasn't really, there's not that much stuff out there for people that move to other countries, which is interesting because there are so many of us that move to other countries and even no matter where you're from and where you move to, there are so many similar experiences, whether you're a Brit moving to Canada or a Canadian moving to Australia or a Brazilian moving to New Zealand or whatever it is. Like there's so many experiences that and feelings and emotions that we all go through. And I was like, I feel like I want to kind of like help or inspire or like make people feel a little less alone. And so I just started like writing a couple of like little things, like things I felt and yeah, people seem to love them. So I was like, I, just, I guess I just kept doing it. And yeah, I feel very like humbled and overwhelmed by the response. But again, like I've met and heard so many stories about people and it just, it, fe- it makes you feel so less alone. And it's been such an amazing, like, uh, like it's such a, a privilege to like hear people and like hear their stories and stuff. So yeah, I, uh, I have my YouTube, and my Instagram and it's, emmy oxford if you want to 
follow along. Oh, M, M, M or Emmy, it's, it's pronounced the same way. So it's just, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. And it's so true. Like we, we've both had that experience of just openly sharing the crappy part of moving abroad and not in yeah. like a super negative way, but we just honestly talk about it. Like there's nowhere that you can go to feel, oh my gosh, what I'm feeling is actually normal. It's part of the process. You know, you're not, you're not failing at moving abroad or you shouldn't go back home because you're unhappy. You know, it's been a year, like give yourself a break. And it's that kind of mentality of, you know, we're actually going through such similar challenges as people that move to a new country. It just doesn't get spoken about. You see all of the rainbows and butterflies on Instagram and on other social media. And it's, you know, now I love that there's more and more of us that are coming out and kind of saying, no, it actually does suck sometimes. And that's totally okay. You know, like we are not alone because we all go through it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing, like social media for so long has been just a highlight reel. And, you know, you think, wow, like I'm so lucky and so privileged to be in another country. Like I should always be happy. But what is like there's so many mixed emotions and it really truly is a roller coaster and it's so unexpected too you know like some days you're like oh my gosh this is the best thing ever and then out of nowhere you'll be like oh my gosh all I do all I want to do is like go home and like eat a Yorkshire pudding and like watch the Great British Bake Off yeah. and be done with it and so I think that again like the like ha- like ex- you know talking about those kind of feelings and talking about what we're going through is so important to people and I think people just you know, like I really appreciate when people talk about the negative stuff and, and they're just like authentic and true to themselves. And that's like what builds like meaningful connections as humans, right? You know, we, we, we want to share in the great moments, but we also want to know that what we're feeling is valid and like we're not alone. And like so many other people are feeling this way. And yeah, moving to another country is like one of the most difficult things that you can do, but it's also one of the most amazing experiences you can ever do. Like so many things, like, you know, there's, amazing parts and there's like really really bad parts but it it, you know the whole like it's it's just a great life experience you learn so much about yourself yeah like I have achieved so much more here after moving here than I probably ever would have done if I'd stayed in the UK and just you know triddled along in my job that I had there like it's just crazy how I've grown as a person and how much I've learned and I think that that everyone experiences that like you've pushed yourself so far out of your comfort zone that you're gonna grow it's just part of it it's it's so amazing it's the best thing you can do for yourself I always tell people go and live in a different Mm -hmm. country even just for a little bit you know it's just something everyone should do definitely it definitely takes a lot of courage to do it you know and like take the leap but it's it's changed me and the trajectory of my own life and I would always say that if you if it's written on your heart to do it because I get a lot of people like should I move like I've always thought about it but I don't know like I've got like this job and like people tell me that I shouldn't go and I'm like if if you if it's on your heart to go and you've had it in your head like you should always do it because you'll only regret what you don't do and it might not work out you might go and you might oh, oh I this is really isn't for me and you end up going home and that's okay it's not a failure you know I think a lot of people don't do stuff because they're afraid of failing but it's never a failure if you're trying to do something and you never know it could be like the best thing that you ever do and it could it could work out and you could like be like us and end up staying here for all of this time yeah. um but you could end up going home and doing something different but no matter what happens it will change you in some way and you will learn something that you would have never learned if you'd have stayed in your home country and obviously moving abroad isn't for everybody but for those people that have thought about it and really want to and you know, it, it's really like been something that they have like dreamt about doing like a hundred percent. If you've got the opportunity and the privilege to do it, like you should absolutely do it. 
absolutely what an amazing way to end the episode i love it doing a little sexy dance at the end <laughs> thank you so much this has been amazing i think this hour has just flown by oh thank you <laughs> i know it has it's been an hour that's so wild i know i know well thank you so much for having me this has been so fun yes so fun i will link everything from the wonderful m in the show notes and connect with her if you don't already i'm sure you already do and yeah have a wonderful day thank you so much thank you so much Thank you so, so much for listening. It would mean the world to me if you could leave the show a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next time. Bye.